DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. All right, PK, a weird game for the Jazz. Uh, One of the more encouraging losses, I suppose, since Donovan didn't play and the starters played most of the uh, first half, a decent chunk of it, and 70-54, to they were just crushing it at halftime. Uh, after halftime, though, the game was turned over to guys who are, you know, roster players 10 through 17, largely. Whether it's someone like Ed Davis, who's, you know, third string behind Tony Bradley. Bradley played a few minutes. He'd be one of the guys who played more minutes in the second half. Um, the guys that we barely saw anything of, you know, two-way guys and guys who played for the G League, Mie Aoni, uh, Morgan played, uh, Justin Wright Foreman played, you know, guys way down there at the end of the bench. They lost the game in the fourth quarter, but even they played pretty well in the third quarter and held on to a big chunk of the league, extended it for a while. So the most important takeaways from a game that was part summer league, part preseason, very briefly, a little bit of regular season, but no Doncic, no Porzingis, no Mitchell. Well, I think guys are continuing to find their way in the Orlando bubble. I mean, Clarkson had a nice game shooting. Uh, Niang, I think he made all of his threes. And uh, so the guys that you're going to need in the postseason are starting to feel better about their games in the Orlando setting. And if you want success in the postseason, which is what it's about, you're going to need contributions from those guys. The team isn't good enough to just have five or six guys exclusively and I don't know that you're going to have those five or six guys are going to be on all the time you're going to need seven and eight guys at least and so some of those other guys are contributing more I mean it's clear that obviously that Niang shooting the ball well and I don't really care about the second half if the Jazz didn't care about winning why should I care about winning and so uh, I'm not going to hold them to that standard and if they want to rest their guys and do what they do with the rotation so be it. I don't really care because, as I say, if they're not interested in playing their guys the full 35 minutes to win at all costs, then I'm certainly not going to hold them accountable for it, and I'm not going to worry about it. So I think the take that the takeaway I got is that the, the fellows that they're going to need to count on are finding their way. Conley, Clarkson, and Niang combined 12 to 15 from three. All the people who want to obsess about three-point shooting because they weren't going in. The law of numbers has resonated across the land once again, and the three-pointers are going in. I guess now you could obsess, well, they can't possibly sustain this. You know, three key guys can't shoot 80% from three. But at that point, you're going to obsess if they're going if it's not going in. If you're going to obsess that it is going in, I guess you're just going to obsess no matter what. But... They're, they're shooting it, and whether that's uh, just normal, some games you're hot and some games you're not, and it comes and goes, or if it's just adjusting to no fans, different backgrounds, you know, new arena, whatever, and you're just adjusting to that, I guess that would be the best-case scenario. You've adjusted to that, and now you're going to light it up. Because they were yeah. a good three-point shooting team going in, one of the best in the league, and as a group, they shot 45%. And, of course, that includes a lot of guys shooting threes yesterday who probably aren't going to shoot threes in playoff games. Yeah, I, I've, I'm done looking at the box score from yesterday. Uh, so I'm going to have to rely on you. If you're going to quote stuff out of the box score, you're the guy because I'm not doing it. Uh, but the, the, the fellows that they're going to need are rounding into a form. And if they need an adjustment time, what have you, they're going to need to play very well to win the first round. There's no question about that. I mean, they're, they're, 
without Bogdanovich, uh, they're not nearly as good. Uh, but they've got players that I think that they could develop. And even even in a loss situation here, you can have a lot of good come from it in terms of the development of some key guys. I mean, the, Donovan Mitchell, to, to, so far for me, in Orlando, has been a positive. But to see him, just just his attitude and his body language and the way he's he's playing, it's cool to see him growing up. Yeah. You know, I'm looking toward him. And if you, if you don't want to look as far as him growing up with his social activism, that's your call. I really don't have any problem with it because I sort of think it's harmless. I also don't know how much good it's going to do. Uh, but nevertheless, he's feeling his way in the world as a 23-year-old. Great. But on the basketball side of it, that's what's far more important to me is he's finding his way. And just the way he conducted himself in the game against the Nuggets, just the way he looked and to me, that's the way the great players do it. That's the way they look. We've seen that at a Jordan. We've seen that at a Kobe. You know, just that attitude, that mindset, the look of the eyes and the facial expressions. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and there's nothing you can do to stop me from doing this. And that's what I saw in him. Now, it's not the NBA Finals. It's not even the postseason, for that matter. But in the sphere of where he's at, that's the way I saw it. He had the look of, get the bleep out of my way, because I am going to do this. And so maybe this, so it, from a Jazz perspective, and they're all the people that are listening to us, 99% want the Jazz to do very well, right? We want the Jazz to do well because it's great for business. They want the Jazz to do well because they're fans and they're hardcore at heart, and it brings them joy and pleasure into their lives. That's what fandom is about. And you and I may not do that anymore as fans. I never really did it to the level that you did, but I don't think you're doing it as to the level that you used to do it but we understand that completely and so when you see donovan mitchell mature on the floor maybe it coincides with the activism stuff too and he's finding his way and he's asserting himself and maybe they go hand in hand maybe i'm up in the night and it's a ridiculous take but i see it too as sort of parallel because didn't you just see the look? You've seen that look. You've been watching basketball for years and years. And you know the look that I'm talking about when you just have the utmost confidence that you're going to succeed. Didn't you see that against Denver, particularly late in that not, game? Not just the ability to make big shots at the end of the game. But what you have to like most is he doesn't have to get started early and get on a roll. You hate it when... Um, when you hear that out of the ex-jock on the pregame show, <laughs> it's just, you know, oh, great, you're going to tell me they got to get going early. But the truth is, because of A, their talent level, and B, their confidence level, because most guys, no matter what they say in the media, you know, when they're sitting in their hotel room five minutes before they get down to the bus, they know how good they are. They know where they are in the pecking order. And maybe they got a little overconfidence and they overrate themselves a little, but they generally know. You know who you are, and you know where you fit. <clears throat> and you have to get going early so that you know, yeah, yeah, that's who I am. I got this going. But if you're elite, you can stink it up for three quarters. 
or three and a half quarters, and you still take a big shot with six minutes left, four minutes left, two minutes left, whatever, 30 seconds left, at the buzzer, and you still think, huh, I mean, this is going in. Donovan's numbers in that game weren't good. Donovan's numbers in overtime weren't anything special. He was four for ten in the two overtime sessions. But on the shots they had to have on the last two possessions, he didn't care that he'd missed on the two prior shots. He didn't, it didn't matter to him. When Jordan broke everybody's heart here, he was 15 for 45. But on the last two shots, he didn't care that he was 13 for 43. Most people do. There's a handful of people. Now, just because he did this in a regular season game in a bumble in Orlando, that doesn't make him Jordan. Nobody's Jordan. Not even LeBron. Not even Kobe. And they're awesome and incredible. And they're still not Jordan. But that skill, what happened? Jerry Sloan tried to drill it into everybody. And I assume Quinn and all his assistants did too. But Jerry's cliche was, don't play backward. Donovan gets that. I think you're right. I don't think what he says and does off the court, politically, socially, uh, you know, racial justice issues and all that, and what he does on the court, those two aren't the same thing, but I think that you can trace them back to one point, and that is, who am I? Who am I? And on any issue, and on the basketball issues, Donovan clearly thinks, I'm one of the elite, and if we need a shot, I'm going to stick it. And he doesn't care if he's 3 for 10 or he's 7 for 10 on the 10 shots going in before that. Yeah. And I think most, I think most players do. I think that's the normal human way to approach it. And I think the overwhelming majority of the NBA thinks that. And when you see it, and it doesn't really matter. You could be watching high school, college, or pro. You know, you could, you could be watching a high school game, and a kid can have the same attitude even though – he isn't tall enough, he isn't fast enough, he doesn't jump, you know, whatever. He can still have that attitude as a competitor. We need one shot, I'm going to make it. He can have that at any level. But now Donovan's playing in the NBA, and he's got that. And I didn't watch enough Louisville basketball. I don't know if they saw that in him, if this is something that he's just figured out. But he's definitely getting the confidence, because we've seen so many games now where he hasn't been good in half in the first half. Or he hasn't scored a lot of points even in the first three quarters. But in the fourth quarter with a game on the line, he gets a bunch of important buckets. And that is really cool to have that on your team. That is, oh, yeah. Yeah, when you have a quarterback who's thrown three picks but thinks, hmm, we need two scores. As long as the defense gets the stop, we're going to win this game. We're down 10 in the fourth quarter, so what? We got this. You know? I mean, it, you're right. I grew up more of a fan than you did, and I have much less fandom now than I did, and my son complains about it. He sees it. It's like, you don't, you used to get really fired up, you know? <laughs> well, I, I just don't to the same degree anymore, you know? Maybe, maybe that'll change if I have a chance to, you know, front run with an excellent Padre team, right? Then maybe that'll get... But they kind of turned into the Phoenix Suns here. They've had one winning year in 11, so I don't get worked up about it. You know, there aren't as many things to get worked up. Maybe, maybe I would a little bit. But man, if you do get worked up about that, you definitely want that. When I was, when I was all in on the Chargers in my 20s and 30s, I hated that Elway had that thing you're talking about. A 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, you know, they're kind of in trouble here. <laughs> you're up by 10. Why do you think you're in trouble? Because you see that look in Elway's eye. It doesn't matter what happened in the first three quarters. We're going to win the game right now. 
That's awesome to have that level of confidence. Now, the problem you run into is there are a lot of players like that in the West. And so, you know, I think Kawhi Leonard has that in the fourth quarter. You know, LeBron certainly has it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, Lillard has it. Yeah, Lillard absolutely has it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think Chris Paul has it to a degree, but he's aging. He's aging out of the system, so to speak. Yeah, I think you should worry about whether the Joker has it. And he carries himself differently, and maybe that's just him. Maybe that's growing up in a different country. You know, he doesn't, but I think he's got it, you know. I don't watch a lot of Nuggets basketball, but I've watched some, and I've seen him, you know, play really well down the stretch of close games. Now, they did get beaten in Game 7. He could, You know, well, they won in Game 7, and they lost in Game 7 last year. Um, you know, I would worry more about whether he has it or not, because he's kind of the, in the same generation as, uh, you know, the Jazz Stars. You know, what, you know what the the thing about too this this activism stuff, you gotta back it up. Yeah. If you don't back it up, then it's just talk and it's, words cares. And it's empty, right? Yeah. It's when you put yourself out there, that means that you've established yourself. You know, we talk about Kerr and Popovich. We don't hear it out of some of these other guys because they don't have the titles. Yeah. So. You put yourself out there. Well, now you got to back it up on the floor because if you're just an average role player in the NBA, who gives a crap what you think? Yeah. Nobody cares. Well, and you just have to recently go to Patrick Beverly talking to Lillard. And, like, you, you can talk all you want. And you're a nice player, Patrick Beverly. But, you know, Lillard comes out the next night and has 51 and his team wins. And, he, and speaking of having the look in your eye and making the play no matter – now, he was having an enormous game. He obviously scored 51 points. But he got a defender behind him. He didn't let anybody off the hook. Nothing. He doesn't miss a trick. Right? I got a defender behind me. I'm not just going to make a three. I'm going to make a four-point play. And he created that contact, and then he stuck that shot. And he knew what he was doing. And if you, I've seen enough of him now to know he knows what he's doing. He's about to do it. Yeah, he just did it. You know? That was, I think, two minutes left in the game, maybe. Something like that. He knew. Right. So, I, to me, the more Mitchell speaks out on what have you, the more he sets the bar for himself. Now you got to clear does. this bar. It, it, yeah. yeah. And it, Damian Lillard with that wave at the end at Oklahoma City. All right, you set the bar. Now you got to answer that. And Patrick Beverly is not Damian Lillard. He's a nice player, but he's not Damian Lillard. And he's waving back because Lillard set the bar. Now you got to answer for it. And <laughs> Lillard comes out with 51 the next night. Holy cow. Yeah. And so uh, to me, I'm excited to have Mitchell go out there and speak because I don't really care what he says, honestly, to tell you the truth. As long as you say it in a responsible manner, you're entitled to your opinion. Do what you want. Kneel, stand on your head, do it, whatever. It, I mean, it, it, the reality is that whatever he does is not going to pay my bills. <laughs> and for whoever living in South Central, it's not going to pay his or her bills either. You're going to pay your bills. And you want your better letter, a better life? Well, you're going to have to go get it. And I realize for some people, go getting it is much harder than other people. And it's much harder than me, just like certain people in this town have had it. Uh, their streets have been paved with gold and others. Uh, so it's the varying. If you're looking for fairness, you're not going to find it in this world. That's just the reality of it. So let him speak out because then the onus is on him. And if he wants to speak out more, if he thinks he knows more than the attorney general in Kentucky, well, 
then the only reason why I'm going to pay attention to you is because you're a great player, not if you're an average player. That's just the way it works. You talked about those uh, Louisville players who got kicked off of the soccer. Well, my guess is they weren't very good. (laughs) 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 They were the lesser guys on the team or ladies. I don't even know if it was men or women, but that's the way of the world. And so from a Jazz perspective of winning basketball games, which is what fandom is about, let him speak out because then he's got to deliver on the floor to have that voice. And if he wants that voice, well, you got to be really good on the floor. And that's how LeBron can have the biggest voice in the league because he's been the best player for the last decade or so. And it goes hand in hand. Now, some just because you're the best player doesn't necessarily mean you're inclined to speak out. But if you do, well, then you got to back it up on the floor. That's why people care what you say on social issues because the average person out there may not know about – LeBron James and his great or his mediocreness, no matter if he was just as articulate as could possibly be, if he doesn't have the game, he doesn't get near the run. So Mitchell wanting to do these things is going to increase the opportunity for him to be responsible and then, of course, follow it up by being great because greatness gets you the attention. So, from a jazz perspective, have at it, have at it, Donovan. Whether it's, uh, a shoot-around or a locker room, and of course this has all changed now in the last few months, and maybe this will just be old school and never change back. We'll have to see about that. But, you know, you could literally see players, depending on their stature, how good they are, what they accomplished, you'd see people talking to players, and then when the best player becomes available, everything stops and everybody immediately migrates. And the other players, I mean, they might find it a little ridiculous, but they're not even that offended because they just know how that is, you know. Right. Oh, I'm, yeah, sure. I'm... I'm Steve Kerr. I'm the you know fourth to sixth best player on the three-time champion Bulls, but Pippen's available, so everybody goes to him. But as soon as Jordan's available, everybody walks away from Pippen and goes to Jordan, and it ends real quick. You know, it happened in jazz locker rooms when Stockton and Malone were available. You stop talking to Keith and Foster and even even Hornacek. You know, because if you didn't get John, you weren't getting him. You know, he's not going to be available forever. Go get him. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, Steve Tate, former Utah safety. The player safety issues and the players organizing. A couple things Steve can speak to, and we'll get to that next. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jazz built a huge lead up by 16 at the half. Still in control of the game in the third quarter, but they clear the bench and the Mavericks rally in the fourth quarter and win the game 122 to 114. Jazz remain in sixth place, half game behind Oklahoma City. The Thunder lose to the Suns 128 to 101. Phoenix a perfect 6 and 0 in Orlando. Heat beat the Pacers. Jimmy Butler returned to Miami's lineup and scored 19 points. That's your back-to-basketball update, and it is brought to you by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. If nobody wants to be a grown-up and nobody wants to be in charge and nobody wants to handle things, then okay, let's pump the fall season and let's set a date and let's set a plan for spring and do it the right way, which should have been done in May for now. But it wasn't, and everybody just stood on the sidelines and said, well, maybe they'll make a decision. Maybe they'll make a decision. Maybe this thing will magically just go away. And we didn't come up with a plan to do this safely and get the players involved and get their opinions, and we screwed it up. 
These guys screwed this up. You had five months. All right, so fine. Take the next four months and get spring and do it right in the spring. If you're going to pull the plug on the fall, okay, then start today to put your plan together for spring. If you're going to do this, then do it the right way in spring. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, brought to you in part by Suringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Steve, good morning. DJ, what's going on? I have so many questions for you. <laughs> why, why do you do this, Steve? You know, on the one hand, well, I've known you for a while, and, you know, your, your life has been out there, right? We know about your family. We know about uh, the loss of your child to cancer. We probably don't know the full impact of that, but we certainly have a sense to some degree, and we know the work you've done with your foundation since then. And, you know, that's all really important and speaks really well to you and your wife, that you have been served this big old poop sandwich and it is awful and yet you're going and doing this stuff to help other people it's it's very admirable and yet you're Bye. out there on twitter and we want to talk to you about football but you're out there at twitter just going at it with people instagram and, too instagram too yeah you're on, you're on social media going at it with people and i'm thinking you're not going to change their minds and maybe you agree 20 percent or 50 percent or 80 percent with whatever and somebody's take and all that but like fundamentally who you are in my mind is this other story which is out there in the public and I mean I know you privately I call you we talk and so that part's not out there but a lot of it's out there in the public that's really who you are and this other stuff man it seems like a lot of energy and emotion and you get beat up and you land some good shots and beat people up and thinking <laughs> that's not fundamentally who you are why do you put so much time and energy into that uh, well I, I mean I think we're at a time right now and uh, certainly we're you know, I'm passionate about my kids, and and and, and if, if saying I want my kids to go back to school, if that's uh, if, if that's political, then and I don't, it, you know, I guess I can sit back and 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 not voice my my reasons for my kids to go to school. I, I mean, I could do that and uh, take a back seat, but then again, who's going to advocate for the kids who whose parents feel the need for them to go back to school? And um, you know, I don't. I'm not trying to be political. I think everything's political right now. College football is political. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the medicine you take uh, is political. I mean, every, everything right now is politicized and it's not, it's not my intent, but you know, again, where, where's the outcry for childhood cancer? When my kid has cancer, when only 4% of, of research that goes into cancer actually goes to pediatric cancer, where's the outcry for that? I've been screaming since my son, you know, was diagnosed about that. Um, and so I don't think there's anything new. I just think people are more passionate and have their their opinions one way or the other. But again, I, I've never not voiced my my uh, you know my opinion when it comes to the things that I'm passionate about. And again, you know, I think that's and I, again, I think we live in a world where we don't there's no more tolerance. And you know, I've been I guess I can be guilty of it as well. But you know, there's no no more tolerance of differing of opinions and uh, I think that's that's sad if we're in a world like that where we can't have differing opinions and respect each other for those opinions then uh, then we're going down a deep deep dark dark the dark world now 
So, Steve, you want school to start for the kids in the public schools. I think you've been out there on that. And you do have a lot of influence, and I think it's partly because of, you know, what happened to your son, partly because you're just an all-around swell guy, too. And then with that in mind, with this influence, people are drawn to what you have to say. And do you think you fully understand the amount of impact that you have through the avenues that you wish to speak out on? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it became, yeah, I think that was my whole reason for sharing a story about my son was that, you know, if, if I don't speak up about the lack of uh, research that goes into childhood cancer, if, if I don't and my wife don't who have a voice, then who will? And I've always kind of thought that, you know, I, I could have I could have shut the door, closed it all down, not shared our story on social media. But I know it's helped thousands of people. Our foundations helped thousands of people. And, you know, I could have easily shut it down. And that that's probably the easier thing on my psyche. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think I've always been a leader. Um, you know, I went at Utah from walk on to a, a guy who was all conference, first team all conference and voted captain. And, you know, that's not that's not easy. That's not an easy uh, uh, thing to accomplish. Uh, You've got to earn the respect of your teammates. Whether you know, that was one thing I learned was, you know, here I was uh, to to be able to do that. You have to have one. You have to be good at what you do, but you also have to have an opinion. You have to be able to speak up when things aren't right, and you have to be. And people respect that. For the most part, the majority of the of 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 the world respects that. And even if it's not something they believe in, uh, someone that is passionate that is willing to take a stand. Uh, I mean, shoot, I respect that. Even if it's something that uh, that I oppose, I respect those people that are out there and passionate and speak in their minds. And, and so I've been given this voice, and if I, I don't know, I, I'm one of those that believes I, I'm, I've been chosen to be a leader in this world or in this community for a reason. If I just sit back and, and ignore some of the things that I'm passionate about, then no one's going to speak up on anything. So we wanted to have you on to talk uh, college football right now. There's a uh... There's a lot of things going on all at once, uh, and I don't know in the minds of the school presidents and the athletic directors, you know, at any given moment, which one is the most important. But generally, when you hear them talk about players' health and safety, I think you, uh, you're a little disgusted. Am I right? <laughs> you know, I just laugh. <clears throat> I laugh that I see so many people saying, well, but what about the health and safety of these kids? I said, well... Where where was that where was that talk when you know CTE is at the forefront of every discussion when it comes to call when it comes to football in general, you know I, I've never been screened for a CTE CTE I mean I've never been uh, followed up. There's no there's no follow up with with college athletes. There is with the NFL, but you know the fall of a sudden we care about the health and that's I think that's why the players finally formed what you know somewhat of this union in college football is because wait hold, pump the brakes when when have you ever cared about our health? Uh, when have you ever cared, cared about that? You know I. I didn't have health care when I was when I was playing football. We couldn't afford it. You know, now I think it's given to some of the in the P five conferences. I think it's now given to student athletes to have health insurance. But I didn't have it when I played. Um, and, and so, you know, for the NCAA or whoever to, to all of a sudden, you know, say they care about the, the health and risk of these kids, like, well, nah, you know, that's that's all not not that true when it comes to other components of of their health and 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 uh, their safety. So then what is it as far as potentially causing these postponements or cancellations? 
don't know. I mean, I, I think. I, I mean, I think. Don't get me wrong. I think that there there is that. I think that the health and you know this of this virus and how to to go about it. I think that is obviously the you know the, the concern. Uh, I I think that the, the issue right now is the NCA has failed to implement a, a strategy for all this. Um, and you know, I think this is they, they had six months to work out a strategy. I mean. You've got youth conference football that's able to work out a strategy and a, you know a, 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 a you know a strategy to get through through this time. Now I don't know if it's going to work, but uh, again, the NCAA has not rolled out any strategy. You know I think something very easy could be an opt in and opt out for a student athlete that does not feel safe with this current pandemic that they're facing. There will be an opt out opportunity for them where they will not lose that year of eligibility. For anyone that wants to play, there's an opt in. And you know, if you want, if they have to sign waivers and whatever they have to do, then 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 so be it, and go through the protocols. If their family has to sign waivers, then then that's what they'll have to do. I don't know. I think there's there's certainly solutions. The NBA's done it. You know, Major League Baseball. Whether you want to, you know, that's controversial in itself. But again, there's there's there are solutions to this, and the NCAA has not done that. I mean, it wasn't just until what about a month ago that they finally kind of put the responsibility in the hands of the commissioners and basically said, you know, this is your this is now on you. You know, they could have done that back in, in March and allowed these ADs and, and uh, presidents to come up with, um, you know, a, a set schedule and a, a game plan. But they, they, they waited till the last minute. And now all of a sudden you see all the displeasure in the, in the, in the players. And I thought it was interesting yesterday because, you know, if you look at the coaches that spoke out, Mullen and Saban and Harbaugh, you know, they haven't spoken out the last month and all of a sudden, there's been voice that they're going to cancel the season. All of a sudden, they they turn to Twitter, and um, and now I think all you know when when the coaches start throwing their weight around, that's when you know I think that's when the ADs and and NCAA and and the commissioners are are, are really going to listen. Steve Tate joining us here, uh, former Utah football player. You know, I I hear all the talk about health and safety, and I just can't help but think that a lot of this comes down to. Whatever the health and safety issues were, they were never going to face massive lawsuits over them. And if they play, and if this goes really wrong, they're going to face massive lawsuits over this. Yeah. And I think that that's where the health and safety thing pivots from, yeah, "Yeah, there are problems, but let's play the games, to, hey, there's problems, and we we could be sued, and this could be a real problem. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I, absolutely. I think that's at the forefront is what's the liability. What's the, what's, you know, that's a, that's a huge factor. I also think, you know, again, I don't know when, but time will tell when, uh, when, you know, a college athlete, you know, dies, they do a, you know, a, a scan and show that he has CTE and all of a sudden his family takes the NCA and then sues them. You know, it's just a matter of time till there's a, either a class action lawsuit against the NCA for, you know, failing to adhere to certain protocols for CTE. I mean, there's again, NCA has, for the most part, gone unscathed when it comes to some of the liability that you know that they've done with with you know the quote unquote amateur athletes. But you're right. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's a huge concern for them. Um, and I don't know the counter argument to that. I don't know the the the, the, uh, the game plan to to you know counterattack that. Is it uh, everyone signs a a a waiver? You know, I mean, the Little League football made parents do it. Uh, you know, my son, eight-year-old's playing. He had, we had to sign a waiver for him that we wouldn't sue the the league if something happened. So I, I don't know. I think if that's the pro, if that's the protocol that has to happen, then then great. But let's let's throw out the game plan. There's got to be a there, you know, there's got to be a game plan for 
uh, you know, that issue because I think that is a huge issue for the NCAA. And you're not buying spring ball as a realistic possibility? I, I just don't think so. You know, again, um, I, I see everyone pushing it to spring ball, and I, I just don't, I don't see how that is a, that's plausible. Um, you know, again, if, if that is, then, then they're gonna, they're, they'll have to push the next fall season to at least into October. I mean, there's no way you can play. There's no way you can play season a season two seasons in in eight months. There's just no way. I mean, my my I had two off season surgeries uh, in the four years that I played, and both those off season surgeries took me at least you know three months to recover from, uh, four months to get back to 100 percent, and it's just it's just too grueling on the body. I don't think you could do that. Um, you know, you can do it in basketball, you can do it in baseball, but football, there's just so much recovery time that goes into it to take care of your bodies. And then if you're talking, again, if we're talking safety and uh, of, the, of the players, we're talking their health and safety, there's absolutely no way that is going to be healthy for kids to play the, the, you know, two, two seasons packed into eight months. There's no way. You know, there are a couple so, things. One, I, I've been surprised when they talk about spring football that uh, it starts as late as it does. Um, and I know that might be partly because of the weather and trying to accommodate fans in a certain part of the country, but I just don't know that fans are going to be at the games anyway and that that needs to be factored in. Um, maybe the weather for the players does. I don't know. But it seems to me if they're going to do something as unorthodox as spring football followed by a fall season, they have to do something as unorthodox as limiting the number of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how it would be done, limiting the number of snaps a guy plays. Uh, medically, maybe there's a way to figure it out. Does anything like that make sense to you that they go way outside of the box to figure this out or it's just no way I no just, chance I mean I think it's to, to do that would be I don't think so I, I think it's no way I think that'd be, that'd be too, just way too many tapes and measures to be able to, 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 to do something like that and then you know again the elephant in the room is it, 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 we're assuming there's we're assuming the vaccine or it, I mean we're assuming there's going to be a vaccine and that we'll, you know the, the, the numbers are declining and the death rate is I mean Again, we probably assumed that back in February, and that's probably what got us into this situation right now. We're we're assuming, if we're saying they're going to play in in spring, we're just assuming this this thing's going away, right? I mean, that's kind of why we're in this mess to begin with right now. I think we all assumed uh, when the summer comes, it's going to die down, and and so I think that's another issue is if you plan on having it in the spring, what is that based off? What what is, is that based off of data? Does that I mean what what do the numbers have to show in order for that to actually to occur? Because if we're just assuming that this, this, this virus, this pandemic is gone by spring, I think we're going to I think we're going to be, uh, you know, surprised like we are now. I think we're going to be sitting in a similar situation. And you're pretty strong about public schools or private schools, for that matter. But schools starting up here, whether it's this week, next week or whatever it might be. At, I'm speaking not colleges, high school, grade schools, that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I think, you know, I, I think um, every every situation is different. Every family situation is different. Every kid's needs are different. Um, I think every school that, that I've at least heard is giving families an option whether to go online or in, in person. Now, you know, again, if, you're, if your child, if you have uh, a parent at home that's at risk, um, I've had a child that's been immunocompressant, battling chemo. I, I would not have sent my kids back to school. No, I would not have. I would have. I would have just because you know my son was was uh, battling cancer and he was uh, he had no immune system for 
for 10 months. So no, I would not have it in that situation. Currently in my situation, um, I, I, I feel comfortable sending my kids back to school. Now that's not everyone. And I'm, I'm, I am not, you know, here sitting saying this is the best thing for everyone. But I think there's, there's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. There, there can be an opt-in and an opt-out. And those that feel the need to go back to school, those that feel like their kids need it for their you know, mental health, great. I think that they should have that option. Those that don't should have the option to stay online and, and work through this, you know, this, this current crisis and pandemic that we are facing. But there, there should be an opportunity for kids to go in, in, in a school environment and get their education. Steve, we appreciate the time. I look forward to checking your Twitter feed this afternoon and seeing how this went. <laughs> hey, I'm going to lay low. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. You've already been. No, you've been on the radio. It's too late, Steve. <laughs> it's too late. There's something will be taken and the context won't be considered and away it will go. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. We'll see you. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us more in a moment on 97.5 and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. You looking at more dad jokes in the break? Or are you over that now? Were those wow. trending? How did you get those? How did I get them? How did you find out about them, or how did that occur to you? I'm still... About an hour ago, PK lost it and just started, had enough of the, the basketball and the college football. I didn't lose it. I <laughs> added two reasons why people listen to us. Let's break down all this negativity. Yeah, that's why they come. And that's shocking. You used to get on me on the early years. Be more positive. Be more happy. Be more upbeat. Now you are deadbeat Donald. My goodness. Don't say Donald. Now you're going to make it political. Don't oh, say Dave, Donald. Deadbeat Dave. Dave there you okay. go. I, I come out at name. 10 o'clock, man. I I need a <laughs> detox listening to you and then all of our guys being so negative. Uh, Holy freak. Well, My goodness gracious. Good grief, as you would say. Good on the air. Grief. Not off the air. Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. You bleeper? Bleep. So bleepers. no, they were just told to me. I'm always looking for the bright spots. That's life. you. That's you. That's how you roll. Particularly now, I go against the tide, and the tide seems to be so negative about all this stuff. Jeez, I can't wait to wake up in November and get positive again. Life's too short. My gosh. Feeling that. You're right about that. Yeah. It's shorter every day. You're, you've never been this close to death. Right? <laughs> Tomorrow will be closer. <laughs> You can say that every day from yeah, the yeah, everybody first can. day you were born. <laughs> say that to a three-year-old and freak him out. Now we got the nightmares. Nobody will sleep through the night now, will they? Life gets mighty precious when there's less of it to waste. True story. Yeah. 
So, but nevertheless, I do think that just my feeling. You know, I tried to put out some feelers yesterday to 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 get a feel locally. Uh, because ultimately that's what we're, we're about. You can get the national stuff from the national people, but if you want the local stuff, you got to come to us. And uh, there is uh, a resignation to the fact that this is the direction that it's going in, and there's really not a whole lot the football people can do about it, or volleyball people for, for that. I don't want to discredit the other sports that have been already canceled or are about to be you know because we don't focus on them but for those folks they mean just as much and for the women's volleyball players and we've got some great volleyball programs in the state that they they work just as hard to put on the best product that they can put on as the football it's not as higher profile we understand that but i agree for them just uh, just as much well personally we just recently had a season where the utes were uh were they in the sweet 16 and byu was in the final four Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so and, and the, to these the, folks. the women's soccer programs, uh, yeah. both tournaments, uh, tournament teams in the past, and BYU's had a couple of Sweet Sixteens. They might have had an Elite Eight in there too, I think. Oh yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So they so had it's all of these folks. And it doesn't, you know, the thing is, it's it's really people work hard and don't get that kind of success and those wins. You know, they work hard and they love the sport, but you know, they're five hundred. Um, but it just happens here that they, they work hard, they love the sports, and they're in the tournament and making runs. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's what I said about Weber. I don't really care that they had their best team. If they had their worst team, uh, to, to those young men and coaches involved, if they didn't get an opportunity to play, it was going to matter just as much. Now, yeah, it stings more uh, to the fact that they could potentially have uh, a great team, but they'll – it's not really it's not really about that because it's never really been about the results for me it's about the competition for me when the game's over it's over uh, but it's about the competition and what all that is about i realize i'm a little bit different for a lot of folks that you know they don't care how uh they just care if you won they don't care how you do it it doesn't matter it could be artistic or not as long as you win and i get that that's the essence of a fan but i think that uh, these folks are Resolved to the fact that this is the way it looks like it's going to go. And, man, it just sucks on every level. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.